It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, where we cover all things Eastern Conference. I'm Ross Levitan from Locked On Senators, alongside a very special guest. It's Brian Fisher from Locked On Red Wings. Mike DiStefano right now is sipping on a pina colada somewhere in the Caribbean. But we got you covered. All the highs and lows of the Eastern Conference. Alex Ovechkin continues to chase history. And are the Detroit Red Wings really going to run with three goalies? All that's coming up and more on today's edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, where we've got your team every day. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen on this Wednesday, December 14th. The show is free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by clicking the thumbs up, subscribing to the Locked On NHL channel, and making sure that you are staying locked on on all 35 shows on the network. Yes, we have each team covered. We have the national show and Locked On NHL prospects, which is gearing up for World Junior Season, one of my favorite times of year. Brian, who's the leading Red Wings prospect in the World Juniors? Because we know Seaman Edmondson isn't going. He's staying in Grand Rapids, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys to look out for. I know with the, you know, we had a guy on by the name of Red Savage, who uh, is a Red Wings fourth round pick. And, you know, he might not be the leading guy, but he's someone who's close to our hearts. You know, he's uh, plays for the University of Miami, Ohio, and he is currently you know, attempting to make the team with Team USA. And he he was their captain a couple years ago. So we're hoping that Red Savage makes the team and makes some waves because if we can get another one of those deep round picks to make the roster and make a make a run, that would be something very special for a lot of Red Wings fans as we love our... Uh, with guys like Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk in our history, we uh, much like our deeper round picks to make waves for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame name there, too. Red Savage from a Hall of Fame name oh, yeah. to Hall of Fame player. Alexander Ovechkin has been on a goal-scoring tear. He's got four goals over his last three games. However, all of them are empty netters. Brian, is he ever going to score on a goalie again, or is he just going to break Gretzky's record, which he is now double digits away from, just by getting empty netters? <laughs> well, I, I understand that that's definitely a facetious way of phrasing that question. Um, you, I, It's funny that you bring that up because somebody brought that up as well on Twitter, and I saw that they also brought up the fact that Wayne Gretzky in his career had more career empty netters than Alex Ovechkin did at this point in his career. So when people try to discredit what Ovi is doing by saying that uh, he's scoring a lot of these by empty netters, I feel like that's completely unfair and completely biased. And I understand Wayne Gretzky is the great one. We call him Wayne Gretzky. We call Wayne Gretzky the great one for a reason. He has all these records. But there's by no rhyme or reason can you discredit what Alex Ovechkin is doing. And he is making history. And I'll own up to it. A couple years ago, back before I joined Lockdown, I had my own small podcast going. And I said, there is no way in hell that Alex Ovechkin can break this record. The pace he has to keep up throughout the rest of his career is just, it's not sustainable. And here he is. I don't care if he's doing it by empty net goals. I don't care if it's by one-timers. The fact that he's still managing to find the back of the net at this point in his uh, in his career, in mid-late 30s, is absolutely phenomenal. And I honestly hope 
that he breaks that. I mean, you look at that there, 797 goals. He was born in 1985. I was looking at, so today is Sergei Fedorov's birthday, in fact. And in the, they posted, the NHL posted a top 10 career highlights of Sergei Fedorov. And one of them was with the Washington Capitals. And in that highlight, Alex Ovechkin was his winger. And that blew my mind. The fact that both Sergei Fedorov and Alex Ovechkin have been in the league long enough that their paths have crossed. That's how long Alex Ovechkin has been a dominant force in the league. It it just blows my mind. He is without a doubt. I think he is going to break this record with how healthy he's been less than a hundred away. And you look at only Brett Hall has played less games than Alex Ovechkin in the top five. Everyone else is hundreds of games ahead, including Gordie Howe a Detroit Red Wings legend who will be the next player that Ovi passes on his way to Wayne Gretzky's 894 NHL goals. Gordie Howe is at 801, so four ahead of Ovechkin, but he's 450 games ahead. So Ovechkin's goal scoring, of course, I say tongue-in-cheek, these empty netters, but it is funny when the empty netters are within the last 10 seconds of the game, which has happened twice in the last three. But hey, take them however they come. This guy's scored so many beauties over his career from the obvious top cherry was the uh the spinorama on on his backside against brian boucher and the arizona coyotes to the one where against montreal where he like goes off the boards and like spins to his back with the defender goes in falls on Kerry price and gets it in he scored enough highlight real goals that you know what take the empty netters but i yeah. think trying to put it in my face because we did a quarter quarter year awards uh, a couple weeks ago with me and mikey and I was like, you know what? The Washington Capitals, they've been disappointing, who, by the way, they've turned it around now. We'll touch on the highs and lows here coming up in a second. But uh, when they were struggling, it's like you need your leader to be that guy. And without the other two guys on his line, both injured to start the season, Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson, he was a little more pedestrian. And now all of a sudden that goal scoring's picked back up. And oh, would you know it? They've won all three games here on his three-game goal streak and beyond as the Washington Capitals are kind of getting back in it. Who's a team that Detroit's seen a lot this year? Is there a team that's kind of caught your attention when they come through Detroit and you've been keeping your eye on beyond just when they play the Wings? Oh, man. there's The Red Wings have been such a weird team this year uh, with the hot and cold streaks that they go on. I mean, when you're looking at teams that I, I'm keeping an eye on, one of them is, in fact, the team they're playing tonight. It's the first time the Red Wings have played Carolina Hurricanes as we record this on uh, Tuesday the 13th. Uh, important to note that. But the Carolina Hurricanes are, are an enigma to me. They're fantastic defensively. I believe they're second. I brought this up in our episode. But they lead the league in Corsi 4 percentage. Lead the league in Corsi 4 percentage at 5-on-5 five five with a percentage of 60. So that's shot attempt ratio. So they shoot. They lead the league in shot attempt ratio with 60%. Yet, total goals scored at all strengths, mind you. Total goals scored, they are 25th in the league. They're great defensively, but it's not as if they don't get a lot of shots on net too. So they're shooting a puck a lot, the puck a lot. I believe they're second in total shot attempts for it, five on five. But total goals, they're 25th in the league. And I'm trying to wrap my head around how that is even possible, that you can shoot the puck, attempt to shoot the puck that much, but not find the back of the net. And they're still an effective team. They're still up there in the standings in the Eastern Conference. So really, it comes down to their power play is just not clicking right now. I believe their power play is in the 20s as well. Maybe 27th, if I remember from last time I checked. So they're a really good defensive team. They're great defensively, and their goalies are fantastic because of that. Offensively, at even strength, they got three guys who are point per game or better. But on the power play and on the penalty kill as well, as I believe they're 15th on the penalty kill, which is astounding considering how good defensively this team is, 
you know, you couldn't beat them on special teams. And that's what I'm hoping for with the Red Wings. But they are a dangerous team, not for their offensive prowess. When they got, they got scores, they got Sveshnikov. But man, do they stifle you in the defensive zone and the neutral zone. They're a team that, you know, I would keep an eye on. And of course, New Jersey Devils. Red Wings did manage to get a uh, sneak one away in the second game of the season from them. But the New Jersey Devils have blown my expectations away going in the season. I, I said it, I had no idea what to expect from the New Jersey devils. And I think they've kind of soared past what even their own fans thought. I mean, think about what night one, their home opener and they were chanting fire Luff or booing uh, their uh, head coach. Wow. Ruff, and then, like <laughs> then they apologize. I love it. No. And you're completely right. I want to go back to Carolina for a second. Cause you mentioned it in Detroit tonight. Uh, on Tuesday, as this episode will come out Wednesday morning. However, this is a six-game road trip they're on, and they're currently 4-0-1 going into the final game of it, and they got the win against Calgary at home. They've had a very road-heavy schedule, it feels like. They've, they they have a six-game road trip right now, and after their home opener to open the season, they went on a five-game road trip, and then they go home, uh, home for one, and then they got two more on the road, come back for one, two more on the road. So I wonder how much that'll affect them down the stretch, being able to spend more time at home in the latter half of the season and maybe prepare for a longer playoff run than they've been getting so far for a team that in the last few years has been unbelievable in the regular season. But that 2019 conference final loss has kind of stung them. First round exit, then a couple two second round exits the last couple of years since Rod Brendamore took over. But you're right. That's a team that's just built to win. They've got the steady defensive defenseman. They've got guys stepping up who maybe you wouldn't even expect to be producing the way they are. Like, who would have had Stefan Nason, a guy who was a first-round pick of Ottawa way back when, but, like, a depth guy who's almost half a point per game, like, seventh in team scoring. We know they have their young talent coming up. The resurgence of Brent Burns has been huge there, too. Yeah, that's the big one. Day. Yeah, replacing, like, Tony D'Angelo. Say what you want about him off the ice, but he produces points ad nauseum. And then, you know what, you lose him to, uh, you got him for a team-friendly deal for that one year as he was trying to get his feet back in the league. And then you get Brent Burns at what, how much, almost half retained from San mm-hmm. Jose. So get, paying him $4 million to produce and play as hard as he does, yeah, that's a team to watch. I'm glad you brought them up. I'll bring up a team right after a quick word from one of our favorite sponsors right here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Before we get to it, though, I will let you know that we have you covered Monday through Friday right here on Locked On NHL. The beauty of the Locked On Podcast Network is it's local experts on the biggest stories. So if something happens with Ovechkin, let's say he gets a hat trick, hits 800 goals, you can tune into Locked On Capitals and they'll have you covered with all the passion you expect from a fan and the knowledge of journalism. But we also couldn't do it without our favorite sponsors like BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's the number one sports betting info, stats, news, analysis site, and the only place we trust here at Locked On Podcast Network. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. It's going to be the final. You got to get some action on that responsibly at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at betonline.net. They're the fastest, easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's betonline.net. It's where the game starts. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. 
And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. You are listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast, your home for all things Eastern Conference every Wednesday with me, Ross Levitan, who you can also find Monday to Friday on Locked On Senators, my co-host Brandon Piller. we got our Send Central Citizens every Wednesday, and you can also join us in the postcast after each and every Ottawa Senators game. We cry together, we laugh together, and speaking of laughing, did you see what happened with the Senators last Saturday in Nashville on the bench? No, I didn't. This is news to me. Enlighten me. Thomas Shabbat. I mean, this guy's been carrying this team out of the out of the mud for the last number of years. I want you to Twitter search Thomas Shabbat, Travis Hamannick, and you'll be able to watch it here as I explain because you really have to see it to believe it. Thomas Shabbat sitting second in from the bench. I think he thought he was at the edge of the bench. Very frustrated after taking a big hit. Comes back and two-hand baseball swings his stick right into Travis Hamannick's face. Like, I'm not saying he got a piece of him. I'm saying he got the whole thing. Have you been able to pull it up? I need your Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) What was he thinking? I don't know. Apparently, he brought many gifts for Travis Hamannick, and they're not saying what it is. But, uh, yeah, Thomas Shabbat saying that's not his proudest moment. Did he think he was on the end of the bench, not the second to the end, and thought he was hitting the glass? He just swung it right into... Hammonick's face. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God he already missing his two front teeth. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> right. Yeah, wild moments. But hey, the Sens are actually the fourth hottest team in the NHL since the Thanksgiving break. And just to show you about how strange the NHL is with these three-point games being handed out every night, 6-2-1 and one in their last nine games. And they've improved one spot, one point closer to a play, uh, playoff spot. One point, and they're 6-2-1 and one in their last nine. I got to ask, why'd you do last nine and not last ten? Because uh, that was a loss. <laughs> That's what I figured. They actually lost at- four in a row. Like Their their Novembers might be the most embarrassing stat in sports. Last year, they were 1-10-1 in November. Now, they were also like the COVID guinea pigs. I get that. doesn't matter. 1-10-1 in November last season. Now, I got to pull up because, you know, I put it at the back of my brain. I've been trying to re-rack it because once you lose seven games in a row it's a little bit redundant what you've done afterwards but in november this season the ottawa senators went four nine and one your season's basically over in that when you lose 10 out of 14 games right that's what i was about to bring up too and we talked we did a crossover you and uh i and scotty and we we did we talked about the fact that Going into the season, we really thought that both our teams would take a take a pretty big step forward. Our rosters were constructed much better. It felt like it was the upward trajectory in the rebuild. And when I saw Ottawa get off to that really cold start, I was amazed. And I understood logically internally that 
there's so much season left. And they, I mean, 2019 Blues, for instance, won the Stanley Cup after being last in the league in January. But that's the exception, not the rule. And with Ottawa, especially with how much talent they have and how much talent they brought in, Claude Giroux, Alex Dabrinkit, you signed Stutzler to a long-term extension. I, I thought for sure that was going to be the year for you guys, to for the Senators to take that step forward. And while you can definitely recover, you don't do yourself any favors when you start off the season so cold. Like You, you need to get off the season hot to get ahead. If you're a team that you think is in a tough division and will need all those wins you can get, you're, this is the Atlantic division. We, we both see it every single game. Because I'm locked on Red Wings, you're locked on Senators. You know, every single game counts, and you need those early wins to get ahead and try to keep up with the uh, these these tough teams. Red Wings, for their own merit, had a pretty, honestly, cupcake schedule to start the season, and they got out to a hot start and got, got those wins. And because of that, they're hanging in the division right now at fourth. I think it, you'll start to see the separation now, but those wins mattered, and that's why they're still hanging in there. I mean... It was definitely disappointing for me because I was definitely rooting for the Senators and you, you guys specifically, because how long has it been since you guys have had something to cheer about? The the one flash in the pan was at 16, 17, 17. with ham, the Hamburglar. No, but no, that was 2015 was the Hamburglar. Further, even further back. It's still the craziest story of all time. 21 and 2 to make the playoffs on the last day of the season when yeah. he was an 890 save percentage goalie in the AHL when he got called up. Mm-hmm. That, that's why no, it was 2017 where they, I would say, had a pretty legit run. I mean, they beat Boston in the first round. That's not an easy team to beat. Um, say what you want. I think they were missing one of their big guns. But, I mean, so Ottawa had Garrett Carlson playing on one foot the whole playoffs. And he's, he got a con Smythe vote, and they didn't even make the finals. <laughs> Can we also, you, you brought up a good point, though, with Boston. Yeah. I, I know we're kind of 27 games into the season, but I haven't had an opportunity to, like, talk about this in, yeah. in a, in a sense. Because- losses. What is, could anyone have predicted this? And I don't know if you follow like Jay Fresh on Twitter. He's somebody I, I like to follow a lot. I love yeah, his, his like models. Okay. Um, say what you will. Some people think that they're a little flawed and they probably are. It's a fan model, but they're, his model had the Boston Bruins comfortably in first Atlantic division to the point where he was even confused and his model was right. And this isn't about his model, but the point being is I like a lot of people kept thinking this would be the year the Boston Bruins finally regressed. I feel like everybody has been saying the Boston Bruins are going to take a step back any minute now, but Bergeron pr- continues to prove that he's an ageless wonder. And then he brought Krejci back. They got a new coach, brought him in and the team is playing even better than the Toronto Maple Leafs, than the Tampa Bay lightning. than the Florida Panthers who were the president's uh, trophy winners last year. What is going on with the Boston Bruins? Yeah, and you know what? I saw their first regulation loss of the season. I was boots on the ground in Ottawa, and they scored seven goals on them. I was like, yeah, we know Boston's like a decent team. They're 4-0 at that point coming into Ottawa. And yeah, there's some magic in the building with Daniel Alfredson being honored, full house, first game. Giroux scores on his first shift with his hometown yeah. team. That was sick. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a team that can be beat. Well, sure enough, it's like a month and a half later, and they have three more losses in regulation. And one of them, they got goalied against Arizona. Like, there's no other way to say that. Vimelka stood on his head. Speaking of, like, the analytics, Dom uh, L with the uh, the Athletic came out with his new cards. And Karel Vimelka is making, like, a million bucks. But as Arizona's goalie, they have his market value at 10. <laughs> oh, <my> crap. <laughs> I had a great laugh at that. Listen, Vimelka has been has been a little discovery for the Arizona Coyotes. And down there in, where are they at? Temp now? There are, no, they're, that's where oh, they want to be. 
Oh, I think that's where wherever the uh, ASU the university is. Yeah. Is, which I have uh, I had friends. I live in Winnipeg, and I had friends that went down. Their first game at Mullet Arena was against the Jets, which is a bit of a slap in the face. Can we just yeah. say for a second? Because Winnipeg moved initially from Winnipeg to Arizona. Yeah. And it's like you're bringing them down there. And imagine being a snowbird now, and you're in Arizona. You're like, this is what I lost my franchise to become. Winnipeg like, versus Winnipeg in a college arena. That's essentially yeah. what you're looking at. No doubt. <laughs> and don't get me started on the Jets. We'll save that for our, our Western Conference Tuesday, but uh, which you would have just heard yesterday. But tonight, first place in the in the Western Conference is up on the line between the Jets and Vegas Golden Knights. But getting back to to Boston there with the top teams uh, in the league, like what what do you see? Obviously, uh, both. Uh, McAvoy and Marshan came back a lot sooner than many had anticipated from their injuries. And they're just kind of fitting in. It seems like that's the MO for the Boston Bruins. It's always next man up. They find these guys mm-hmm. who play up and down the lineups. And how much do you think that's just them being uh, so top heavy that those guys can play with anybody else? Or is it something in particular that, that you've noticed that's allowing them to have this continued run of success? It's both, man. I mean, it's both they're top heavy, but they're also next man up and have depth. And you got Patrice Bergeron. You got Dave, well, one David Pasternak. You, if you're the Boston Bruins, you have to sign him to an extension as soon as possible. If not, if I'm Steve Eiserman, you're throwing everything at that guy because the Red Wings desperately need, you know, a showstopper. And David Pasternak is a showstopper. 38 points in 27 games played. He's one goal shy of 20. He's one assist shy of 20. Then you got Patrice Bergeron, second on the team in points with 22 and 27 games played. He's encroaching on 40 if he's not there already and he has been phenomenal again taylor hall's 21 points in 27 games played david krejci 21 and 23 brad marchand over a point per game 21 and 19 games played jake debrust like they're they have so many guys that are over 20 games 20 points already in the season and of course marchand's first game back was against the red wings and he scored two goals almost got a hat trick that would have i would have not recorded an episode after that one. I've just been like, nah, no, guys, I'm sorry, I'm sick. But even goaltending wise, you know, they lost Tuka Rask last year for good. And their back their goaltending tandem of Swayman and Linus Olmark have been phenomenal. And I, I'm just blown away by this next man up mentality where they have the next guy ready to go right away. I mean, o- Olmark's rocking a 941 save percentage in 19 games played. In fact, what is his goal saved above expected? Because That's so I, funny, by the way, because we were talking about the Hamburglar. That's what Hamburglar's save percentage was during that run. That's how good it was. Yeah, so Linus Olmark has the third best goal saved above expected right now at 14.08. Oh, sorry. Let me guess. No, no, let me guess who's one and two. Okay. Hellebuck's got to be there. Yep. And is it still Matt Murray? Nope. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Matt Murray's down at ninth. Okay, because, yeah, he had a brutal performance against Calgary. I, I stirred the pot on Twitter after that one. I, I'm <laughs> going to tell you who number one is, and you're going to go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Elia Sorokin of the mm, New York yeah. Islanders, a yeah, team that's built to play defense. But yep. Elia Sorokin has a 19.8 goal saved above expected. That is an insane number. But just to throw this in there, because I know we got to move on soon, but at number 10, Vili Husso of the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, there you go. We got something going. There you go. You certainly do. We do want to touch on the Detroit Red Wings goaltending situation. And who needs to step it up after a bad week? Let's get to that on the Locked On NHL podcast. Your team every day. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. 
Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. All right, you're locked on NHL. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brian Fisher from Locked On Red Wings. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Red Wings wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube where you can see him and Scotty Monday through Friday. You can do that as well with Locked On Senators where I and Brandon Piller have you covered on all things in our two teams. we got three matchups in the next couple weeks, so look out for some crossovers coming up there. But I also want to finish the Boston Bruins conversation by saying that the hardest thing to do in the NHL is acquire a top four defenseman, a legit top four defenseman. And when you can get one and extend them right away, there's no better way to extend success. And Hampus Lindholm has been all that and more for the Boston Bruins. Like his numbers are ridiculous since getting there. I don't know what Anaheim was doing, giving up on him that quick. Uh, And the thing is, is he's not necessarily old either. So when you think you're looking at a rebuilding team, you go, you give up, you give up the guys who you think are going to be too expensive and not young enough when your team's ready to compete again. But at 28 years old, he can absolutely be a core piece of the rebuild. I think the only thing that makes sense is he didn't want to stay through the rebuild because that is, you know, that is a tumultuous task. But at his age, man, and what his production is, that that can be a piece. Yeah, sure, he might be 32 by the time that team's ready to really compete again. But they got some phenomenal pieces that are helping keep that rebuild from sinking altogether. Obviously, they got Trevor Zegras, but they got all all kinds of other guys as well that they have kind of their young core already. They already need they just need that those building pieces around them. Of course, their general manager branch off the Detroit Red Wings tree, so that's they're they're going to be they're, they're looking very pretty coming up here very shortly and. I just I'm surprised that they gave up on Hampus Lindholm besides maybe just they didn't want to pay the money during a rebuild or he just didn't want to stay through a rebuild. That's the only thing I can think of. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But 28 years old, like he was just really getting into his own defenseman. I feel like peak from like 28 to 32. Like that's when you really want them. And I know eight years, some people might say that's long, but Lindholm is unbelievable. And to go to it, go ahead. I was going to say, it's also really hard to get that caliber of a defenseman in the NHL. You can get goal scorers. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to get that. It's so hard to find that defenseman who can, like, carry your defensive core. And I feel like he's the kind of that guy. A first-round pick, two second-round picks, a depth prospect defenseman, Urho Vakanainen, and he's okay, and a cap dump in John Moore. That's that's wild. And the Ducks retained 50% of last year's AAV to get them to, to where it needed to be. So pretty impressive uh, move there by Don Sweeney. Now let's uh, let's touch on the Detroit Red Wings because you mentioned they've called up Magnus Helberg, which is a blessing for anyone who likes goaltending equipment as he's probably already got his Detroit Red Wings set back. Do you think he still yep. has it? 
It's oh back. yeah, he he kept, it was in a storage locker in Sweden, oh, and yeah. um he got it shipped back, and there's photos of him at practice today, and he had it, he was wearing it, and it's just, I mean, every single set of pads he's had since coming back to the NHL has been awesome, but those Red yeah. Wings ones, for obvious reasons, uh, are my number one. But uh, so how yeah. does three goalies? Because like we had Mad Sogard on a sense prospect this summer, and before trading both goalies who Ottawa had last year, Pierre Dorian went in the summer being like, hey, we have Matt Murray. We have Anton Forsberg. We have Philip Gustafson, all on one-way contracts. We can we can just keep all three. And we asked Matt Sogar in a roundabout way, like, can three goalies work? And he's like, absolutely not. Like, you both guys need their workload in practice. There's only two nets. Like, how long do you think Detroit's going to go with three goalies? Because we know Huso's the starter. So basically, they're calling up Helberg to challenge Nadelkovich for that backup position. Yeah, that's specifically it. I mean, Huso has been far more than advertised. And I, the fact that the Red Wings acquired him for a third-round pick from St. Louis is insane to me because he's been great. They signed him to an extension. And like I said, he's 10th in the league in goal saved above expected on a team defense. That is still pretty poor if I'm being honest. Um, but he cemented himself as the starter. So it's really up to the backup and going into the season, you thought that it would be Huso and Nadelkovich tandem. Like they'd split time because Nadelkovich, despite having a down year finished with an over 900 save percentage on an abysmal de- The defense last year was one of the worst in the leagues. You had more insider and nobody else. So you're like, okay, well, that wasn't really Nadalkovich's fault. Well, coming into this year, he's been worse than he was last year. And to the point where it's awful, giving up goals in bunches, one goal will lead to a second goal, will lead to a third goal. You end up losing by three or four goals every single time he's in that. And it's, it's really, it's, it feels like a fundamental thing for him. And so right now, obviously, like you said, that you can't really carry three goalies. Who, how do you distribute that workload? And this is a conversation Scotty and I had last night because Huso's your starter. And so you have Huso or Nadelkovich rather and Magnus Helberg fighting for the backup role. Well, how do you determine who's the better backup if each goalie is only going to get a spot start every once a week just to give Huso a day off? So that's not really a, a formula for success. But right now, I feel like you have to carry Huso because the Red Wings are competing. They're still in it. And if you want to stay in it, you have to have a goalie who you can go to when Huso needs a day off that can help you compete. And unfortunately, as I root for Nadelkovich, I was a huge proponent of Nadelkovich all last season and you know, even into this season. But if he doesn't have it, you got to give Magnus Helberg some starts, especially you got him on the NHL roster. You have the NHL roster space because you're injured up the wazoo. It's crazy how many injuries they have. Um, give him a shot, a, a shot, a spot start. See how he performs. He had one NHL start this year with your Ottawa Senators, and he was great. He had like a 935 save percentage in that game. It made 29 saves on 31 shots. Um, opponent too. Yeah. And so. I say go for it. Give him some a shot. And if he, if the Red Wings perform well with him in net, then give him another shot. And then if it comes down to Nadelkovich hasn't played in X amount of time, send him down in a conditioning stint. Because honestly, at this point, it looks like he might need that AHL time to try and get his head right. Because I feel like a lot of it isn't just fundamental like goalie stuff, but also mental stuff. I think it's in his own head. And he's struggling right now. And Magnus Helberg could be the savior and the life preserver the Red Wings need. Very interesting. I'm, I'm really excited to see how the Red Wings compare this weekend. It's unfortunate we won't get another edition of the Lucas Raymond-Tim Stutzla debate as it looks like Tim Stutzla is going to be out with injury here. Uh, took, a, took a brutal hit. And you talk about injuries like Michigan native Josh Norris. He's been out with another shoulder injury. 
Last year, Shane Pinto down the middle missed all season with a shoulder, and now Timmy Stutzla has a shoulder injury. So what are the chances long-term injuries for all three of your top centermen in the system? Really unfortunate stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you want to compare injuries, the Red Wings are, are, are right there too. And I know it's the NHL. This thing kind of happens. But we've lost Tyler Bertuzzi twice now, needing surgery on two different hands after he broke them both blocking shots. Uh, Vron is in the player assistance program. Obviously, well wishes to him whenever he's ready to come back. He can, but we don't know a timeline. Fabry is still out recovering from an ACL. Mark Pissick, after they signed him, tore his ACL, suffered a set, setback. Now, Robert Higgs on the IR or one of our arguably our best si- defensive signing in Olimata is currently sick. He's been sick, so he's missing the game tonight. I, Matt Luff broke his arm. He's having surgery. There's just the Red Wings depth, which was looking so pretty going into the season, has been absolutely decimated by injuries. And it's it's showing on the ice as they continue to struggle at five on five. Luckily, their special teams is amazing because Dominic Kubelik is a freak on the power play. But that's a story for another day. <laughs> well, that sounds like a story for Locked On Red Wings where everyone can go subscribe. Brian, really appreciate you jumping on with me, brother. It's always great to chat. And we'll do a, we'll get another crossover going here as the Sens and Red Wings battle three times in the next two weeks. Yeah, let's do it. I'm looking forward to it, man. Awesome. Great. This has been the Locked On NHL podcast. We are going to pass it over to Thursday where you get power rankings each and every week with Chris Maselli and Adam Denker. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brian Fisher, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.